Evening, Johnny. The usual, thanks. It's funny, night like tonight makes a man want to tell you his whole life story. The cartoons he's watched, the video games he's played. Nah, but who's got time for that anymore? Every two-bit hustler and wannabe superstar is out there every day. Just a tiny minnow in a sea of bloodthirsty sharks just trying to stay afloat. See, they, they all wanted to play the game. The podcasting game. There's a time a man could take some pride in that, you know? Used to be a podcaster could make a decent living in this town. These days, <laughs> you're lucky if you can keep someone's attention through a minute-long episode intro. Nah, but listen to me. I'm just a disembodied voice and you're sitting here trying to enjoy a couple nerds talking about a children's television show. Well, I won't keep you any longer then. Here, Johnny, keep the change. You're gonna need it in this economy. Thanks, Obama. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Back to the cast. Gotta recap. It is episode 50. 50. The big 5-0. We're here, Nick Montagani and and Brendan. Sweet thing. Riley. Sweet thing. <laughs> yeah, I was going to do that bit. <laughs> I stole it from you. You did. I figured you, you might be going down that path, so I... I I cut you off before you even had a chance. I'm so sorry. You bastard. I'm still going to do it. <laughs> I, how could you not? <laughs> uh, Brendan, here we are. Episode 50. Isn't that exciting? It is exciting. Yeah, it's a big, big number. Big milestone. And, and there's only just a few more episodes left in this original run of Samurai Jack. But now, yeah, we're, we're about to be through 50 of them. That's that's half of 100. It is. Yeah. Crazy stuff. We've come a long way. You know, every time I feel like we've reached one of these milestones, we like to look back on kind of where we've gone to this point. Mm -hmm. um, or sometimes we don't. We just kind of say, hey, that was that was wacky. And then we move on. Here's the thing. <laughs> we did. We did that. <laughs> Have we really done anything? Um, yeah. We laughed. Okay. At, we laughed at Samurai Jack for about <laughs> probably 75 hours, I would say. We've lived, we've laughed, we've loved, we've done everything you need to do. Yep. Um, That's it for us. <laughs> good, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> um, no, we, we, we've, got a, we've got a ways to go. We've got to get through this season and then the rest of next season. But, Brendan, before we start off the recap for episode 50, uh, I, we, had, we had talked about last week how um, the... Wikipedia, not the Samurai Jack wiki, but Wikipedia itself. Mm -hmm. So you know this information is 100% accurate. Yeah, it has to be. You know, who would lie on the internet? Nobody. Do you think somebody would really do that? I've never known anyone to do it. Um, the uh, Wikipedia for Samurai Jack told me that uh, last week's episode, The Four Seasons of Death, was the final recorded appearance of uh, Mako, the great voice actor who voices mm -hmm. Aku, 
the Dark Master of Darkness. Um, it was his, his final episode on Samurai Jack. Uh, I wasn't sure if that was true. I already know what the next few episodes coming up are because I got that kind of spoiled for myself looking at that same Wikipedia page. Nice. There you go. Th- these things happen. Yeah. Um, but sure enough, uh, that is definitely the case. That 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 the last episode we watched was the final actual appearance of Mako as Aku, not the final appearance of Aku. No. And this is something we'll definitely touch on as we move into season five of Samurai Jack. Um, but yeah, that that was that was the last episode for Mako. Um, a, I mean, we can spend as much time as we want to saying, you know, the same things that we've said in many past episodes. Now, you know, Mako, truly one of the great voice actors in, in animation history, mm-hmm. um, you know, brought many many great characters to life, including Aku. You know, the the one of the top two most important characters on this show, <laughs> but certainly like the top one, like expressive character, like his, his actual like personality mm-hmm. is way, 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 way bigger than the titular Samurai Jack's personality oh, yeah. is without Aku Samurai Jack is not Samurai Jack. No, not at all. I don't even think it would be very fun. <laughs> no, it could be a real slog without, without, <laughs> that guy around to kind of, yeah, be the other side of the coin. Um, And, you know, as we've said before many times, it's Aku is not Aku without Mako, at least, you know, for a while. I have no problem. I don't know. I don't want to get too far into the Greg Baldwin train. We'll talk about that when we get there. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know too much about that. (laughs) I'll tell you about it in like, I don't know, like six or seven weeks or something. All right. But for now, uh, I thought it might be fun for us to kind of look back on uh, Mako's contributions to Samurai Jack. And and each of us have prepared a list of our three favorite Aku episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you know, at least to this point, um, he doesn't make any more. Mako does not make any more appearances in this season. And then, you know, you, you never know. There might be. One in season five that, you know, surprises us with with what they were able to do with that character mm-hmm. you know, so many years on. Um, but for now, yeah, I thought I thought it would be nice for us to kind of talk about what 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 we've seen from Aku and in sort of what episodes uh, really stood out to us and have stood the test of time up to this point. Um, does that sound like a good exercise to start off the show? Yeah, sounds good to me. Let's go ahead and do it. All right. Uh, Brendan. I'll let I'll let you go. I'll let you go first. What do you, what, what would you say if we're going to start ranking our favorite ones? Where where would you start as far as Aku episodes? Well, am I starting? Are we going from like three to one? Are we doing the one at a time? How are we doing this? All right. Uh, so number yeah. three, I would probably say uh, would be is it Jack and the Zombies? Is that the name of the episode? Jack and the Zombies. Yes. Yeah, yeah I would say that one. Uh, Aku shows off some real cool powers there. Uh, he 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 gets a little bit of his a moment to shine, like he he. He's winning for a second. Very good. Jack and the Zombies, uh, a pretty good episode overall, but like a great showcase for Aku to finally kind of be, yeah, like the the powerful demon and sorcerer and shapeshifter that like he's always been promised to be. Mm-hmm. But like a lot of the time he's just there to be like he's just there as like Jack's punching bag. Yeah. Or to like do something silly. Uh, on his own and like be like a big dumbass. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, Jack and the zombies is a really great episode to, yeah, finally kind of like give Aku like that shining moment that uh, is is always promised, but ne- not, not delivered enough on the show where it's like, oh, wait a minute. Like maybe we should take this guy a little bit serious. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's a really great choice. Uh, my number three that I had was an episode that we actually just watched recently, which was uh, episode 48, Jack versus Aku. Mm-hmm. Yep. I almost picked that one. There's a lot of great episodes that you could pick. Um, this one, I, I, it's, it's kind of now like the opposite of everything that I just said, where like Aku does not get to be in control in any second in nope. this episode. Nope. He's constantly getting his ass kicked. <laughs> For like um, 20 minutes straight. Pretty much, yeah. The entire second half of that episode is just shots of Aku getting pummeled in the face. Um, but it's it's it is a good example of that other side that we just talked about of like Aku being like silly in his own right, oh, like yeah. making jokes and, and interacting with his goofy henchmen and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, yeah, be, being there to like let Jack look like more of a badass than like he sometimes gets to. It's it's like Aku. That that episode is very much at the expense of Aku. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's uh I love the the way a, he feels kind of more human in that episode with during their like really awkward conversations. Yeah. And then literally has to show up in human form. Yeah. So it is kind of like let yeah, letting Aku like feel somewhat relatable to the rest of the characters as opposed to like being like this gigantic amorphous being that yeah seems like is capable of a lot but it's like yeah try trying to ground him a little bit and then we remember we remember oh wait it's aku like he's not this is not what he is he's yeah he's he's a trickster and also like a mystic being from outer space (laughs) um brendan what What's your number two Aku episode? Number two, uh, I would probably say The Birth of Evil Part Two. I feel like it's kind of got to be on the list. Specifically you know? Part Two? Specifically Part Two. I don't He's not really in Part One until the very end, right? Not much. Yeah. He's, I mean, <laughs> if you want to get technical, he's, well, he's in, in the whole thing. Yeah. But yeah. Aku, as we know him, doesn't show up until the last like few moments of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally fair. Um, and then part two is the one where he gets to be all the soldiers. So he's got all the little Aku faces popping out of all the armor. And that's fun. one of my favorite transformations. I think he's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a good, it's a very good bit. Uh, yeah, that, that the birth of evil was also on my short list. Um, part two, I think, yeah, definitely is the better showcase of like Aku finally getting to like test out his, his, being as opposed to like just being a big puddle like uh, yeah. Aku is Aku is now here and like let's let's see what this baby can do mm-hmm. and he takes to it very quickly very very quickly you know he was just sitting there yeah bubbling as a big tar pit for a long time like thinking about you know what what am I going to do once I finally bust out of here <laughs> Um, my number two is actually one that you already mentioned was episode 30 Jack and the zombies yeah that's a good one that's why it's a really great Really, really great Aku episode. The ending of that episode, you know, for all the frustrations that we both had, <laughs> you you especially had yep. like all the sword stuff. Um, I get it, Brennan. I, I still I'm, <laughs> I'm not against your frustrations there. They they totally those are also my frustrations, but yeah. just <laughs> maybe more so for you. I get it. 
Um, but Aku, yeah, like finally having victory in hand and like the crazed look on his face with like the spiral eyes when he's about to bring Jack's sword down on his yeah. chest. Like that was legitimately like very spooky out of him. Mm-hmm. And the, the the tendril bit where he's like the he's like a shadow on the ground chasing Jack around. Yeah, like a creeping fog through a graveyard. Yeah, it's very cool. It's pretty, yeah, fucked up in like a way that Aku does not usually get to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was definitely like a big standout. I I was really happy because I think to that point we had not seen Aku very much for like a long time for a on while, this TV yeah. show. Maybe bits and pieces of him here or there, but like that was like the big bad return of Aku. So mm-hmm. that was definitely welcome. Uh, well, that was my number two, Brendan. I have a feeling that we both have the same number one Aku episode. Do you think I, so? I, I, I'm going to go ahead and let you name it, and All then right. I'll let you know. It's uh, Aku's Fairy Tales. Of course it's Aku's Fairy Tales. Of course tales. it is. I, that actually might still be my favorite episode of the show, uh, without getting without getting too far ahead of ourselves. <laughs> I love that episode. You loved it at the time. Uh Still love it. I think I might, yeah, even looking back on that, like I might have ranked it too low on my personal rankings when we did that back in season one. You spiteful bastard. <laughs> I wasn't doing it to spite you. <laughs> I, I think I felt guilty because like that was the last episode of the season and I'm like, oh, I really like it. But like I can't rate it too high because we just talked about it. Because of recency bias. I think I was afraid of recency bias, but I should have just, you know, trusted my heart. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty clear. Aku's fairy tales, you know, has to be the number one Aku episode. It, it is his starring role yeah. that in, in a more substantial way than he's ever gotten in any other episode of the show. Yeah, it's his episode. The whole thing is all him, the narrating stuff the whole time. So we get to hear from him. Uh, we get his personality when he's fighting with the kids. It's really hilarious, like pretty much throughout mm-hmm. um, him trying to like seize control of these children's minds, like trying to turn them off of Jack being like, hey, you know, join the Aku team. It's not so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, trying to like regain control of those children's minds once he realized like, oh, this is not working out for me. Like, yeah. I've, I've messed this up very <laughs> badly. Um, An incredible, yeah, an incredible episode, Aku's Fairy Tales. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely one that I think when this is all said and done will be uh, high, high atop probably both of our lists of all of these Samurai Jack episodes. Oh, yeah. Yep. They were delivering that in just, you know, season one. Yeah. Coming out, coming out strong. The strongest season finale so far. Uh, I would probably probably agree with that there's an argument to be made for jack's shoes yeah i thought you might say that but i, I think aku's fairy tales rags over that for sure um yeah i think both strong episodes but aku's fairy tales yeah definitely a great showcase of aku and in, in probably a greater way than we'll ever get on this show you know even with the remaining episodes we have going forward mm. so um i think we both have the right pick for at least the number one Aku episode. Oh, yeah. And I think all of our, both of our top three Aku episodes, yeah, really, really just go to show, like, he's he's not in as many episodes as I think either of us expected yeah, going into this. I, I remembered him being a much bigger part of the show, but it's, I guess it's probably just his personality and, like, the character. It just sticks with you more than some other things do. For sure. 
Um, and I, I think like the the presence of Aku kind of lingers over a lot of the episodes that he's not even in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just goes to show like anytime he does show up, like there's always like at least one really great moment that you're like, oh, man, I'm so glad Aku like got to do this. Yeah. In this episode, like remember, like Jack, the monks and the ancient warrior son mm-hmm. when like he's banging on the TV with a bad signal trying yeah. to get it to work. <laughs> yeah. That's like the only Aku moment in that episode. And it's very silly. Um, But yeah, um, <sighs> Mako. Again, you know, we'll probably uh, talk about it again at some point. Uh, we don't we won't have a lot of opportunities, I think, at this point, because, you know, there are no more Mako episodes of Samurai Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, but but truly a fantastic talent that brought um, one of this. Certainly, you know, one of the great characters on this show, but one of the great characters on Cartoon Network, uh, one of the great characters in like animation history, I think, like truly brought it to life and like a a very, very special talent Mako was. And and we thank him dearly for uh, all of his contributions to this show that we've you know spent so much time for. It, it would not be the same without him. No, absolutely not. With all that said, Brendan, it's time to move into a uh, Mako absent. Ah, oh, man, it's kind of like a bummer to think about it in that way that like now for the rest of these episodes, like there is no Mako. No, like, oh, that. It kind of stings a little bit. It does, yeah. Think about. It's um, a bit of a bummer. It is a bit of a bummer. Um, we'll have much, much more to say about Aku moving into season five. I promise you that. Um, but before we can get into season five, uh, we'll finish off season four. Just a few short episodes left, starting with episode 50. Let's go ahead and recap it. Let's do it. Watch it. Episode 50 of Samurai Jack. 50. It's 50, Brendan. It's actually uh, our our naming convention gets a lot easier for like typing it into our podcast player feed. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I've been up to like XLVIIXLVIXLLLI. Uh, this is simply L mm-hmm. in Roman numerals. Those fucking cowards in the NFL. When it got to be Super Bowl 50, they didn't want to put Super Bowl L, so they just put Super Bowl 50, like 5-0. Oh, really? Yeah, and then the next year, they did L-I, so like they went back to the Roman numerals, but for whatever reason, they didn't want to do like L for the Super Bowl 50. They didn't want to use the Roman... I, th- I think they thought it looked stupid, which uh, it, it does. It does, yeah. They're not wrong, but but you got to commit. You do 49 of them, and then you change your mind. I think it's worse, yeah, to... Switch those up, um, <laughs> or just because, or like uh, Call of Duty when they did the uh, oh yeah Black Ops Four and they just had four <laughs> lines, just had four vertical <laughs> lines. It's the <laughs> dumbest thing ever. But it's but it you know what? It's so Call of Duty for them oh to do absolutely like that. oh yeah. It's the ultimate Call of Duty move. Uh, yeah, I remember when that came out. People just clowning on it online as they should. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, well, well deserved. <laughs> uh Brendan, you mentioned that yeah, they've done up to 49 of the Super Bowls, you know, with those Roman numerals. Speaking of 49, uh the episode uh 50 of Samurai Jack is titled Tale of X49. Oh man. Uh, uh people I'm not sure why, but like a very common thing in the Samurai Jack community is to mistake the name of X49 as X9. Hmm. I don't 
know where that stems from, but it's like a very big thing in the community is like people referring to the character of X-49 as X-9. And I, I, I don't know why. Yeah, that's weird. Is, is 40s just too hard to say? They don't want to. Oh, who's got the time? They don't type the one extra key. <laughs> it's just like, you know, the NFL, you know, they wanted to go five zero. That's two characters. They could have <laughs> just simplified and gone with L. Yeah. Save that poster space. But they didn't do it. Ridiculous. Uh, it's foolish, really. Uh, Tale of X-49, September 25th, 2004. Uh, as I mentioned previously, it's part of that that four-episode ending marathon mm-hmm. of, of Samurai Jack. So this is the second of those four final episodes. There's a uh, pouring rain that we see that's it's coming down hard on a the branch of a cherry blossom tree. Yeah, and it's very well animated. This is one of the most beautiful like frames, I think, in the show so far. Yeah, I had the same thought. It, re- it reminded me of another episode this season, uh, Samurai versus Samurai, how that episode opens up with like rain in like yeah. a heavy, thick forest. Um, very similar vibe, and that was also beautifully animated. But yeah, this one particularly, like the rain, the rain in this whole opening scene, like re- looks really, really nice. Yeah, yeah. the The whole noir thing they're going for really works. Brendan, don't say that yet. We're not. Oh, we're not at the cut noir it. Cut stuff. that. Cut that. Cut that. You didn't hear us say that. <laughs> the uh, yeah, we're looking at it, and uh, the the depth of field changes. And we can see, like, behind that tree, we're actually in, like, one of these big futuristic cities that we've been in many times over. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's lots of shots of pouring rain coming down hard on these quiet city streets. Um, and we look at this f- flying car that's parked beneath a streetlight. And it's uh, kind of themed like a... 1920s car, which I think is funny that they would do with a future flying car. Yeah, it's very good. It's the right aesthetic. It's probably like the same kind of car that they were driving in like Jack and the Gangsters, but I think that Hmm. one had like wheels. I think so. I think I thought it did. Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't remember. (laughs) Oh, well, I'm not going to be the one to go back and look. Nope. I'll leave that up to you if you feel like it, because I'm I think I'm good on that episode. (laughs) Um. Yeah, this car parked beneath a streetlight and uh, behind the wheel. We can't really see who it is just yet, uh, but there's a dark figure with these two bright red mechanical eyes. And uh, this this person uh, pushes a CD into the car's CD player. Yep, because they still have those in the future. We're thousands of years into the future and we're still using optical media. Which I could just really, really love CDs. He's got a whole collection. He doesn't want to have to like but rip them all to put them on his MP3 player. I mean, I guess, you know, 2004, like they probably had only just had like the first iPods mm-hmm. had like come out within those couple of years. So like I can understand if they thought CDs were still the way to go. It would have been fun for them to like invent like a music like a some sort of music player system mm. that they thought like this is what we're going to be using thousands of years into the future is that whatever this thing is just be a but chip. it probably would have just it probably would have just looked like like apple carplay yeah which is not that exciting no oh well, i mean i love it but oh yeah well, i mean what a great <laughs> invention you can't take it for granted you know it's made my car drives so much easier oh yeah um thank you apple for 
everything you've done. <laughs> everything you've done. Um, yeah, pops the CD into the CD player. And then this sad, melancholy, very slow, like synthy jazz music uh, starts playing and actually drowns out the noise of the rain, uh, which starts to fall in slow motion. Um, and we get like shots of the rain coming down, falling on this car, like some slow motion shots with this synthy jazz music playing in the background. Uh, I guess this is as good a time as ever, Brendan, to say that like this episode is now a a strong contender for the best music ever on oh, yeah. Samurai Jack. For sure. Possibly number one. I know, I know I've said that a bunch of times about other episodes, but like I'm I'm feeling it in my heart that this might take the top spot. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would disagree with that. Pretty great throughout. Um yeah, we're looking at the rain coming down in slow motion. And then we focus on the robot driving the car and uh, it's wearing a trench coat and a fedora <laughs> and the robot starts to speak. Lulu, sweet thing. I miss her. I hate the rain. It makes me all sentimental. You're probably wondering what an old robot like myself is doing, having all these feelings. Well, I'll tell you. This whole episode, Brendan, as you alluded to earlier, is a film noir story. Mm -hmm. uh, Made up almost entirely, pretty much the first half of this episode is made up entirely of a monologue from this robot, which we know as X-49. Yeah, X-9, my favorite. Don't start with me. <laughs> X-49, uh, narrating the events from his checkered robot past. Um, and yeah, it is very much like a stereotypical like film noir, like giving the speech about like uh, he literally does the thing where he's like, oh, you're you're probably wondering how I ended up here. Well, uh, I'll tell you. Yep. Yep. It's very good. I like it a lot. <laughs> He does that whole thing. It's yeah, it's it's very much like ripped straight from those things. It's one of the best uses. I mean, this whole episode is like one of the best uses of a theme, like one of the strongest mm-hmm. ways they've like picked a theme and stuck to it and like really kind of took a lot of the tropes, I think, from film noir movies. Yeah, they really committed to this one. Um, the intro or the beginning, especially what like his whole narration backstory, uh, it, it, it does it really well, but it does carry over even into the second half with like the way it's shot and like the, the way he's like stalking around without getting too far into it. It's very good. Yeah. It's really, really good. Um, yeah. X 49, you know, deliver. He's, he's going to give us a long monologue here about his past and, and kind of the events that have led to this point. Uh, a bit of trivia from the Samurai Jack wiki for you, Brendan. This is the only episode of Samurai Jack, where there is exactly one speaking role in the entire episode. Well, it's the only one? It is the only I mean, according to the wiki, there are no other episodes where there is but one speaking role. Hmm. Uh, I believe it, I guess. I would have thought there were others, when, uh, but I can't <laughs> think of Off what the top they of would my be. head, yeah, yeah I, I can't land on any other ones. I It doesn't sound right to me either, but like I would have to go back and look at every single one. And who, you know, who's yeah. going to go Who's going to do that? We'll leave that up to the <laughs> nerds back in <laughs> HQ. 
who would ever go through every episode of Samurai Jack? To look at, yeah, things that they remembered, such as great episodes that had Aku in them. Who would look back at every single episode? <laughs> or, yeah, spend an hour and a half talking about it each week. Only a pure loser. Fucking geek. You know what's even worse than that, though? Someone who would listen to people talking an hour and a half about old episodes of Samurai Jack. What a fucking, like, no-life dork. <laughs> Is there anything better to do? Read a fucking book. Go outside, you fucking <laughs> square. We love our listeners. We do. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> please don't <yes>. go. <laughs> please, please stick around. We have this episode to talk about. If, well, if they were going to leave, they've it. already turned it off. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> Who's here with us anyway? Nobody wants to listen to this garbage, especially not me. Uh, here we go. X-49 telling the story. He, he's he got to go way back and tell the story of Aku's rise to power. And uh, we're presented. He's, he starts narrating uh, the events. And and what we see is it's, it's all kind of shown as like a grainy film strip that's mostly in black and white. Mm-hmm. Um. So here's the story that X-49 tells us to open up this episode. He describes that, you know, Aku slowly took over the world as we as we know he did. Yep. Um, sometime after he flung Jack into the far future. Um, but I guess he was angry that it was taking so long to take over the world. So what he decided was he needed a army. <laughs> X-49 says he needed an army. A robot army. Oh, my God. In case you weren't sure exactly what he needed. <laughs> or where this was going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, he had his evil scientists start developing an army for him. The camera pans over the lineup of evil scientists. Uh, Brendan, I, I know you have the same thoughts that I do. Um, we're looking at this this lineup of, of crazy evil scientists that Aku's recruited. Most of them... Most of them, mm-hmm. actually all of them, uh, are, are except for one, are, are hybrids of Dr. Robotnik and the Koopalings. Yep. <laughs> I would say. Uh, but of course, I said, except for one of these mad scientists, the the other one is Fat Hitler. <laughs> he is, yeah. <laughs> He's just Fat Hitler. It's Hitler, but huge. Oh, my God. How fun is that for the whole family, though? You know, you get to see Fat Hitler in there. <laughs> He's an evil scientist, so it's He's okay. kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. He, you know, he was just following Aku's orders. <laughs> um, <laughs> fun for the whole family. I actually have... Okay, Brendan, here we go. <clears throat> I have two... You have to You have to decide. You're the lone vote in this, this next segment we're going to get into here. Okay. I have two fat Hitler jokes that I've prepared, <laughs> and I want you to decide which one is the one we're going <laughs> to kind of roll with. We're going to air both of them. Okay. But uh, it's, it's up to you to choose the fat Hitler joke champion, all right? All right. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> fat Hitler joke number one. <clears throat> uh, yeah, but Brendan, one of them is uh, fat Hitler. <laughs> More like mind chomp. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's number one. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> uh, fat Hitler joke n- number two. Uh, but yeah, Brendan, one of them is fat Hitler. Uh, isn't that crazy? You know, it, he's he's so fat, he looks like he's on a Nazi diet. 
Uh, the only food he doesn't eat is the food he cannot see. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would vote for the first one. The second one, I think, was a good joke, uh, but it was a bit long-winded. Took too long to get to that point, yeah. and it's yep. kind of stealing from like the seafood diet joke. Yeah. So I can't really take too much credit for that one. But I think both of them, like I'm feeling good about them. Either one yeah. of them we want to submit to like the <laughs> Fat Hitler Joke World Championships. I think they've both got a decent shot. We want to be on the front page of the Fat Hitler Joke book. I'll tell you what, I'll even like let you have one of those <laughs> jokes so we can have double the chances and two entries. Into oh, hell the yeah. We'll win it for sure. I think we'll take yeah at least first and second place. We'll we'll definitely be on the podium <laughs> mm-hmm. for the Fat Hitler Joke World Championships. So, um, got to recap at gmail.com if you have any good Fat Hitler jokes. If you know, like, cinema has told us anything. It's that making fun of the Nazis and Hitler is always the right thing to do. Oh yeah, yep. Never goes have wrong. We learned. Have we learned nothing from like Inglorious Bastards and and Jojo Rabbit? <laughs> yeah, uh, I haven't seen Jojo Rabbit. Oh, you got to get on it. It's a great, great film. Mm-hmm. That's what and I they hear. Make the, they make fun of Nazis, so you know. Well, how hell can yeah. You not all have a good time with that. And the producers. It's another good one. Oh, a little voice classic. crack in there for you. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting emotional about it. I understand. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's enough out of Fat Hitler. Let's see what he's up to with his buddies. Um, There's a long montage of these scientists working in a factory. The jazz music gets a little more like industrial, which I think is kind of a fun Mm -hmm. switch. Um, X-49 describing all of this. He says the first models were crude and uh, there's (laughs) like a trash can with bicycle wheels and a football helmet that rolls by. (laughs) The trash can bot's my favorite one. It's got like, yeah, but the bike wheels look like cogs kind of, and they're on these like swinging arms that it keeps like throwing in front of itself. (laughs) Nothing about this robot is, yeah, an effective design. It's like, they I don't don't even know how they got it to move on its own. Very, very funny. There's a couple more rudimentary ones. There's one that's literally just like the Tin Man from Wizard of Oz, like walking around in like a fun clanky style. He's all wiggly, yeah. He's got noodle arms like an Adventure Time character. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it's very, yeah, like Looney Tunes, like going on a little stroll. Yeah. <laughs> um, but eventually they got more sophisticated. They basically started making like T-800 models from the Terminator. Like mm-hmm. they really figured it out very quickly how to <laughs> improve the design. Um, he says they created the X models, which is the type of robot that X-49 is that mm-hmm. that tracks. Yep. And uh, there's this big gang now of mafia robots in their trench coats and fedoras. They kind of remind me of uh, the one-armed bandit, like, skeleton things from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas during the Oogie Boogie fight. These, like, uh, slot machine, like, gunslinger robots come out. Right. They kind of look like those to me. It's fun. You know, it's not the first time that we've seen Mafia robots on this show. You know, thinking back again to Jack and the Gangsters. Mm -hmm. Even like a similar design, I think. I think they were very, very very close to this one. Yeah, it it, it was almost like they had like the exact same idea in mind. You know, we literally see those characters in the opening credits of Samurai Jack every single week. Um, 
But this, yeah, it, it seems like the same character, but maybe like the n- next like natural step in like the show's animation style. Yeah, yeah. Like they they have advanced far enough where like this is this was the the original vision. Yeah, they, they they're able to like do it now. Yeah, this is what we really had in mind the whole time. The remastered Mafia robot. Uh, X forty nine says. These newest models, they're they were they were lean, mean, and all machine, mm-hmm. except for me. He says, which made me think he was gonna have like a human brain or like a human heart or something, <laughs> some kind of biological difference yeah, between him and the other robots. Because like the thing that he has that sets him apart is still machine. Yes, he's, <laughs> he's, he is still very much all machine. <laughs> Nothing about him that's not machine. I guess except for his programmed mind yeah i <laughs> yeah. don't know <laughs> the line maybe doesn't make sense but it, it, it it's explained that you know one of those scientists installed a chip in him that gave him human emotions mm-hmm. an experimental chip which is uh i think it might not be but it seems to me like a hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy reference with uh okay. marvin who is a personality prototype for the the robot company you know, I've never seen Hitchhiker's Ga- Guide to the Galaxy. Oh no, or re- or read it. I would I, guess. I would say read it, but uh, the movie's good. And then there's an old like I want to say '70s TV series that goes through a lot of the book series. Yeah, I I don't know. That's one of those things. I feel like people are such big fans of like that particular thing that like it's it's hard very for me funny. to know where to get on board with that. You know what else I've never seen, and this may shock you. I've never seen The Fifth Element. Wow, that does shock me. That's such that like blow a, your mind. That's like a, such a <laughs> cultural like. Yeah, yeah that thing. seems like a cornerstone of <laughs> yeah. like sci-fi movies in general. It's like really, really, really important, even just to film history. And like, I've never seen it. Oh, it's very good. I would recommend it. It's got to be on like HBO or something, right? Oh, one hundred percent. Like, I I definitely have the ability to watch this movie. I've just never have done it. Well, that's your homework. Um. It's yeah, it's one of those movies where like if somebody like says like, oh, you know, this thing like from the fifth. El- that reminds me of this thing from the fifth element. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like not wanting to admit that I've never. <laughs> we may have even done this on this podcast before. You might have been like, that reminds me of this thing from the fifth element. And I was probably like, yeah, you know what? Brandon? I, think <laughs> I think you're right. Uh, you know what? I think that did happen. Uh Oh, I've outed myself. <laughs> Oh, God, I'm a fraud. I think there were characters that look like these guard characters in the fifth element, like these big suits of armor that you wouldn't know anything about. I probably agreed with you. (laughs) I'm so bad about that, though, if people are like, oh, this is like that thing. I I don't know what it is about me. I'm like too proud to be like, I've never seen that. Mm -hmm. Like afraid of like any sort of judgment, which is absurd. (laughs) Like, why would I why would anyone care? Why would? Yeah, nobody gives a shit. If they do, (laughs) fuck them. Yeah, it's like the dumbest, like weird like fandom fandom in general sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but look what it yeah, did to Rick uh, and Morty. Oh God. Don't even get me started. <laughs> um, anyway, X 49, he's got this experimental emotion chip inside of him. And, uh, we, we see, we see a squad of these old timey flying cars that roll up to a warehouse and the X models get out of these cars and bust down a door in the warehouse to find the Aku resistance hanging out inside of this building. <laughs> yeah, and they have a big banner on the wall. 
They got a big banner on the wall that just says down with Aku. (laughs) Subtle. In case they should forget the mission. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Constant reminder. All these humans, yeah. Holding a meeting in secrecy. They're they're like the last uh, pieces of humanity standing against Aku, but they've been somehow outed to these X models who are here to fuck them up. Yeah, it's interesting to see, though, because like we don't really get a lot of people who are actively against Aku throughout the show. Like most people are afraid of him and everyone knows who he is, but nobody seems to be doing anything or trying to do anything about it. There's no sort of action. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. lots of people who like live, especially I mean, nobody living in the cities like everyone in the cities, I think, is probably afraid that they're always under the watchful eye mm-hmm. of Aku. But like if Jack will go to like an outside town, they'll be like, uh, Aku has ravaged our resources and for centuries and. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. Like these are the only people who seem like seem like they they've got plans. Yeah, I'd like to see. Yeah, kind of. It's neat. Yeah, where they were taking all that. But I, unfortunately, we yeah we don't get the chance. No, we don't get anything. Uh, I do like the amount of like lore that we get in like through this whole monologue, like with uh, the creation of the robots and like there is a bit where you see the city built. It's a lot of cool, yeah. like, like world building, and here's like filling in a bit of like the time between. It's it is cool, yeah. There's a lot of like stuff that's like nods to other stuff in other episodes, but also like, yeah, this is this is some sort of explanation, and it's it's not mm-hmm. too heavy handed with like this is how everything came to be. This is exactly what happened. <laughs> we don't need that. That's what we have the birth of evil for. Yeah. Really, kind of let us know what's important in this world. Um, but no, this the the X models, they've revealed the secret meeting happening here. And each of the robots pulls out two handguns and just blows these dudes away. Yeah, they just start blasting those guys. They're all fucking dead. They're really dead. It's very much like um, and in fact, even how even sort of how this resolves, it's very much like uh, episode seven of Star Wars, where like the stormtroopers just like unload on that village right yeah. at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty brutal for this TV show to yeah, have like yeah. this kind of, this kind of thing going on. Yeah. But, but also similar to like episode seven, like X 49, it's like, I started, I started to have feelings about this, like realizing we were doing the, like the wrong thing. Are we the baddies? He says, are we the baddies? But none of the other robots uh, will even acknowledge him saying that. Nope. Because they don't have emotions like he does. No. They're just cold, hard steel. <laughs> and he's just, he's uh, cold, hard steel with a heart of gold. Mm-hmm. Literal, literal gold. Yeah, made out of gold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How convenient. Um, yeah, he he recognizes, you know, we're maybe not doing the right thing here. Um, regardless of those feelings, there is still a very long montage of him and the other ex robots, like just murking all these anti Aku groups, like for a, what seems to be a very long time. Mm-hmm. So, regardless of how conflicted he was about it, he still went through with like a lot of these. Yeah, he kept doing it. <laughs> yeah, over and over again. I guess you know maybe he wasn't quite out of the game. It's yet. a living. <laughs> hey, robots got to make money somehow. <laughs> robots got to uh, eat. <laughs> like bolts and <laughs> oil. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he admits, you know, he was the best of the X models. 
uh, because his emotions helped him care for his own life, whereas the other robots didn't because they were just robots. Well, that checks out, yeah. Makes sense. You know, he was kind of trying to protect himself a little bit. Yeah, self-preservation. The most human trait of all, you know, that flight or fight (laughs) response. Yep. Uh, I'm a big time flight. I'm out of there. Oh, yeah. See you you later. Uh, Although I'm very slow. So, like, I don't know. Um, Yeah, the uh, other ex-robots get destroyed in a particularly bad fight against an enemy that we don't actually really get to see. Um, but X-49 survives, and he says, uh, because of his emotions, he says, I, I got angry. And he shows his skill, like, fending off this off-screen op- opponent, and uh, some oil splashes on his face like it did for Samurai Jack in episode three of this show. Yep. So, you know, a little violent, but that's kind of where things go in this this yeah. particular episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, this maybe was like a low point for him, like being so angry with these emotions, like in all of these fights. Uh, but luckily things were going to turn around for him because he says, but then I met Lulu. Sweet, sweet thing. <laughs> it's always sweet thing. It's always every time sweet thing. it's every time it's Lulu, it's followed by sweet thing, which is good. I'm glad they committed to that bit. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks down and. <laughs> There's a little pug, a little dog, <laughs> smiling and panting up at him with a big doggy smile on its face. And a heart-shaped tongue. Its tongue is just a heart. To yeah. Like, like, let us love it even to, to more. Just make it the cutest that they could. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, just endear us to the character of Lulu as much <laughs> as possible, as if we couldn't already because it's a dog. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the dog, Lulu, sweet thing, she melted his robot heart of gold, uh, literally melted it. Yep. And, uh, Came dripping out they, of him. Yeah. Um, he starts softening up and a smile creeps across his robotic face. And uh, against yeah, the burning building behind him, he bends down and pets Lulu with like his nightmarish robotic hand. <laughs> the dog's for it, I guess. You know, whatever. It's a dog. Doesn't know any better. <laughs> Doesn't know anything. Blind faith in this robotic murderer. <laughs> um, yeah, this this was enough for him to retire. He says he retired, which mm. I'm not really sure how that works for robots. Yeah, especially ones that work for Aku. He just like lets them retire. Yeah, that's not that's not a thing that Aku would ever agree to. It seems to me like based on kind of like the where the story goes that Aku might not have even known about these specific robots or like yeah X49 specifically. I you know, I he definitely didn't sure. know about X49 specifically. They they make a point to right to mention that. Right. That's that's true. Um I guess we do also have to consider though that like robots are just people. Mm-hmm. In Samurai Jack, like robots and people are equivalent. Yeah, like, yeah. The only reason so there I, are robots is so that our character can slice people up, can kill people in brutal fashion, <laughs> and, and be allowed to show it on Cartoon Network in the yeah. early two thousands. <laughs> but yeah, he he retired, and luckily enough, the scientists had developed a new robot model to take the place of the X models, and we do see the unveiling of what X forty nine calls. Uh, the bug bots or something like that. Yeah. 
we get a we get a pretty cool like turnaround shot of the bug bot the the beetle drone yeah it's what it's an aku destroyer beetle drone on like a spinning pedestal like it's at the world's fair or yeah. something just showing it off for the first time um so it does kind of clear up like a little bit of the history of these robots you know just like we said earlier it gives a little context as to like where they came from mm-hmm. which is cool although I think there it, it comes with an implication that the Beetle drones are more effective than the X units. I had the same thought that I I don't know if I buy that. No, I don't. Uh, well, you know, I guess the other ones all died just because they all they do is stand there and shoot like they don't do anything else. Right. Uh, so I guess the only reason he's better is because of his emotions. I don't know. It just it did Maybe seem a little should. weird to me. Maybe they should have put emotions in all of those things. But then, you know, once they start getting, yeah, a little bit of, like of self-awareness, they start breaking all those laws. And they those... unionize. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Brendan, do you remember the scientists from Jack in Space? Uh, vaguely. Kind of their whole plight was that, like, they were forced to make bug bots that mm-hmm. were, like, hunting down Jack. Like, they were trying to escape Aku's grip. Uh, and he had like enslaved them to build his bug robots for them. So it makes me wonder kind of like what their relation to like this whole story is like how long after the unveiling of the beetle drones did they come around? Because it's made to seem like the beetle drones were invented very quickly. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, that was like a big part of how Aku took over. Right. Um. The timing of it, but then, but then it would also suggest that like X forty nine is like thousands of years old, mm-hmm. but also so are the scientists who seem to still be around at this point in the world. I, you know, we maybe what we have to just do is forget that the scientists from Jack and Space ever existed. Well, I don't think you really have to do that because we can assume that the Beetle drones were around, right? But then in that episode, we have other bug robots. Like there's the 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 praying mantis. I think is chasing him right at the beginning. And then we get yes. like B ones and there's tick ones. That's uh, fine. So maybe they were expanding on the line. The beetle was like the first bug robot. Okay. And maybe it all, yeah, came together very quickly. Like mm-hmm. after they had the first idea, they're like, hey, there's lots of other bugs out there. Yeah. So they, they've been working on it since that happened. Okay. That's fine. I would hate to have to forget about the scientists from yeah. Jack and Space. Some hey. of the greatest characters we've ever had. <laughs> Undeniably. Yeah, like that one and the other one. You know them. And the girl. Girl scientist. Girl her, scientist. They... Her trait was girl. <laughs> she can What's do it weird too. about her? Girl. <laughs> how quirky. Uh, how quirky is, is that? Um. Anyway, bug robots. <laughs> here they are. Um. X-49 took Lulu home to his apartment. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't a very know. nice apartment, too. Beautiful, like, high-rise in the future city. Yeah, looking out over this, like, out through this gigantic panoramic window. Yeah. Um, Pretty empty apartment, though. Not a lot of furniture. He just kind of sits around in his chair, and he says, you know, Lulu and him used to sit around, and X-49 would play music. Mm-hmm. Um. Seemingly for days, he's sitting in this recliner playing his trumpet to Lulu yeah, forever. Lulu's just staring at him, loving it. Sweet thing. Sweet thing. Lulu is 
uh, I don't mean to hate on Lulu here for a minute. I, you know, someone's got to call Lulu out. <laughs> Lulu seems like a pretty useless dog to me. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a pug. <laughs> Pugs. <laughs> well, don't let my sister-in-law hear about this because she's like a pug person. You know pug people. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I have a pug. There's one in the house right now. <laughs> oh, so you know. Yeah, I, so you I must know. know. Yeah. <laughs> Pugs are kind of an abomination. Like, they shouldn't exist. There should have been no reason that, like, we ever allowed them to become They're what just, they are. They just suffer. They can't breathe. It's awful. <laughs> Their legs just stop working, like, yeah. as a matter of fact. Like, they will just stop working it's at a certain terrible. point. terrible. Yeah, you feel so bad every time I look at him. I, it makes me sad, yeah, like that we could have done this too. It's like one of those moments where, like, I'm like, all right, Peta, like, I kind of see like what you're getting at here. Like, you might have, we might have fucked up. Maybe we did go a little bit too far. Science has gone too far in terms of the pug. <laughs> Humanity's greatest mistake. <laughs> oh God, what have we done? What have we wrought? <laughs> Uh, but Lulu particularly useless. All she does is just kind of sit around smiling at X forty nine forever. But I guess that's enough for him to like love the dog. Well, you know, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a friend. He's into it. Yeah, he's sitting around playing trumpet to this dog. It's really funny because uh, that synthy trumpet music that we've heard throughout the episode. He's now actually playing it like his fingers are like mm-hmm. pressing like the valves in time with like the background music that we've had the whole time, which is yeah. kind of like a funny twist of how that has all gone to nicely this done. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of fun. Um, but one day, uh, Lulu disappeared and the music cuts off very abruptly. It's a very funny scene. Lulu just kind of fades out. Like, <laughs> like just like vanishes. And then he leaps up out of the chair as if she actually vanished like that. Out of thin air. Yeah. yeah. Like somehow he didn't notice it. He was. Yeah. It's he's too busy playing his trumpet to notice. Yeah. Whatever kind of caper <laughs> occurred within his apartment, not eight feet in front of him. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. He's he's looking frantically around his apartment for Lulu and he's. uh he can't find the dog anywhere. Looks out the window, can't find the dog amongst all the flying cars, which I think would be funny <laughs> to see like Lulu in one of the cars, just like smiling as, just, as like, she does. Standing on one, like on the roof. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. That would be funny. But nah. no, it's, it seems like she's gone. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, uh, it seems like Aku got a problem. A samurai problem. Mm-hmm. There's a flaming image of Jack shadow, like very menacingly standing there. Um, and, and the mad scientist, you know, in Aku's frustrations with trying to catch Jack, that same mad scientist who had installed the emotional chip in X 49 tells Aku about X 49. It tells him about what he did. Mm. So yeah, just like we said before, it seems like this is the first he's at least learning of like specifically X 49. Yeah. The mad scientist is, it's funny because we can see him whispering into where Aku's ear would be if he had ears. <laughs> Just whispering into like one of his big black devilish horns. Which um, one Which one of these is the ear? <laughs> He's like trying them all. Yeah, it's like, oh no, that's actually his cheek. But I guess that's close <laughs> enough where he'd probably be able to hear you. Um, And a smile creeps across Aku's face. And then... uh. 
X-49's phone rings, and then we see Aku is in Aku's house uh, holding Lulu up to the phone on his end, and Lulu <laughs> is barking. So Aku is, like, blackmailing X-49. Um, and forced him to unretire. He's got to get He's got to get back in the game to save Lulu. Just when he thought he was out. Just when I thought they were out, they pulled my dog back in. <laughs> and here I am along with it. Um, Goes to his closet that's full of the same mafia outfit like he's Doug or Homer Simpson. Yeah, any number of cartoon characters. <laughs> it's funny that they even decided to like dress these robots like they didn't have to do that. No. I would have I would have been perfectly upset accepting of if that was just how they were built. Just a big metal frame. Yeah. <laughs> nothing else. Even when he's like, yeah, like <laughs> not in his mafia outfit. I think he's wearing like a white tank top. So, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, he picks up his two pistols and walks out into the rain. Um, He drives around the city for a while and he says, you know, this samurai is really easy to track because he can just follow the trail of Aku destroyer beetle drone corpses that's <laughs> yeah. left through the city. And X-49 can like very quickly tell that Jack is like no slouch. He's like definitely a very serious threat, um, especially as he gets out of his car and finds like a gigantic mountain of these beetle corpses. Yeah. Like, hundreds of them piled on top of each other, which is not the first time. We've seen like that specific aftermath of like Jack's fight, like in episode three, him like standing triumphantly on like (laughs) surging waves of beetle drone (laughs) corpses. Yeah. Um, X-49 admits, you know, he says, I've never seen such a talent. And he, he, he admits to himself that he probably does not stand a chance in this fight, but he has no choice but to fight. Mm -hmm. If, if only for Lulu. Sweet, Sweet thing. thing. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much the whole monologue, Brendan. We've we've been recording for a while, but like that is the bulk of this episode. That is, is a lot the, of it. Yeah, the setup of the story to catch us back up to the point we're at now, as it as it fades to commercial and fades back in. So that's that's the opening, and then from here we're gonna let's see what present day X forty nine is up to. Um. He is staking out a robotics factory where he knows that Jack is hiding. And he says, ah, kind of ironic, huh, that Jack is hiding in a robot factory. Mm-hmm. It kind of is. It's a little bit. Yeah, it's like rain on your wedding day. <laughs> uh, Nothing in that song is ironic. Was it? <laughs> the free ride advice, you've already paid. The advice you just can't, just can't take. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, 10,000 spoons and you need a knife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the inventory management it's thick <laughs> thick irony you could cut it with a knife but you don't um, have one that's true oh my god what's the irony <laughs> good lord how did we find ourselves in this situation um, that's topical right that'll land with the kids they know what we're talking about did you know they made an Alanis Morissette like musical on Broadway like two years ago. No, I didn't. Uh, it's it's. I only knew about it because I was watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and uh, during that parade they'll show mm-hmm. like 
they'll have like the theater companies put on like a one song performance of yep. like the musicals in the upcoming season. And that was one of them. It looked fucking dreadful. A lot of them do. I saw the SpongeBob one at the Macy's yeah. Day Parade. Yep. That one. Oh, I, I saw the same one as well. That was really bad. The Alanis Morissette one was really funny, though, because it was it was like they were trying to be like, do you remember the 90s? And it was like, I don't think the 90s were really as like extreme as you're making them out to be. <laughs> Everyone had like like 10 inch holes cut out of the knees of their jeans. Oh, and like, in their Jenko jeans. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. It was <laughs> very much like trying to lean into that in like an extremely obnoxious way. <laughs> Um, but I might still go see it, you know, if it's still, you know, if it's gone on tour somewhere, maybe it'll come to Boston and you and me can take a trip and yeah, go see what's going on. Maybe. Probably. Well, that bonus episode for the show. <laughs> we'll sneak, um, we'll sneak a microphone in and just record it. Record the whole thing and then release yeah. it for free. There's yeah. nothing illegal about that, right? No. no, perfectly fine. Um, yeah. X49. Stocking out this factory, he looks over at the seat of his car where he's got a black and white photo of Lulu <laughs> printed out like a little Polaroid picture. Yep. And it's just her big, stupid heart-shaped tongue like <laughs> sticking out of her face. So it's like not even like a fun, unique image of them like playing together. It's like the same shot that we've seen a thousand times of this fucking dog. It's the only model they drew for the episode. <laughs> yeah. And they just like, yeah. Like pulsed it to show that the tongue was panting, and they yeah. like made it move just the tiniest little bit, like over and over again. Um, we got a bit of a problem though, Brendan, because uh, her eyes are open in this picture, and then we see it again in a minute, and her eyes are closed. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Somebody, yeah, good really catch, dropped the ball. Yeah, dog pictures. <laughs> Is it me? <laughs> I think it might have been you. Yeah, I dropped the ball on that one. Uh, you fucked up, bud. I'm the animation error guy. This is true. Uh, at least you dropped the ball and not noticing it, because yeah. you know, usually you're all over it. But this time, hmm, I, I got that one down. <laughs> I've been looking out. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny. He's, he's sitting in this car waiting for the rain to end. He reminds us several times, uh, I hate the rain. <laughs> he does hate the rain. It's well established. Yeah, very well established to this point. He's got a lot of like little asides, just like the main character and like an actual noir film mm -hmm. would like all of these little comments about this and that and how everything makes him feel. It is it is very like on the nose, like they they fit the theme pretty much perfectly. Oh, yeah, they went for it. They they just put it all out there. Yeah, yeah, they they really, really nailed it this time around. Um, the rain finally stops and X-49 gets out of the car and approaches the factory and draws his pistols and creeps inside. Um, he walks around, yeah, this this quiet, empty factory. His robotic joints, like, squeaking and crunching as he goes. There's absolutely no way that Jack would not hear him coming through this building with the amount of noise yeah. that his body is naturally making. Yeah, yeah, but then the one noise that does give him away. That's the only giveaway, as opposed to, like, the... <laughs> <laughs> Like, none of that was a, a giveaway for Jack, but, you know, eh, whatever. Um, he's uh, X-49 cautiously inspecting the factory floor with this just, yeah, large dormant machinery. Uh, there's rows of what look like prototype beetle drone shells, like, hanging from the ceiling. Mm -hmm. um, so whatever operations were going on here, they're at least, like, 
either shut down permanently. It seems it seems like they'd been shut it down for a while. It seems like permanent, yeah. Yeah, which is interesting because, you know, Aku has a never-ending supply of, like, these robots, so. They just built a better facility somewhere else. They don't need this yeah. one anymore. They didn't have the time to yeah, repurpose it into, like, <laughs> a strip mall or something like that that sells Aku brand sandwiches <laughs> and Aku brand soda. Yum. None of that. Um, X-49 walks around a corner and sees a flickering light from behind some big machinery. Uh, as he walks closer, he we can hear the sound of a fire. We actually see Samurai Jack's shadow cast against a wall, uh, cooking something over and over a, like a campfire. Mm-hmm. And he starts slowly creeping in in Jack's direction. His uh, spats adorned shoes creeping along the floor <laughs> as silently as he can. Um, but his shoes kick a bolt that's sitting on the ground, which makes a big old clang and rolls around and blows his cover. Oh, yeah. The only thing that blew his cover. <laughs> Fucking <this> bolt. <laughs> Pick up your shit. Yes. Yeah, so like, I mean, maybe that's why they had to shut this place down is the janitors weren't like doing their job. <laughs> OSHA shut them down. Mm-hmm. It's a hazard. You know, somebody could trip on that thing and land in a machine and then turn into a robot themselves. Oh, my God. That's how that would work, right? I think so. Yeah. My boy's a box. Damn you. A <laughs> box. Anyway, <laughs> his cover's blown. He spins around out of his cover and points his guns at the fire, but Jack is gone. The uh, His dinner clangs to the ground as Jack is quickly taken off. Yep. X-49 looks around, uh, looking for Jack, can't see him anywhere, and then just starts indiscriminately firing his guns in, like, every direction. <laughs> yeah. He just starts unloading. I don't know why. I'm not, yeah, really sure what the plan was. Um hoping, I guess, he could connect, but there's there's nobody there. Uh, he runs around the factory now uh, looking for Jack. He's firing his guns at just, like, any sound or any movement that he can sense in any direction. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a little weird, though, because it seems like the factory's, like, coming to life as this is happening. Like, machines are starting to move again. The the belts are turning on. Is Do you think it's supposed to be Jack that's doing that, or, like... I kind of had that sense that maybe uh, Jack was, like, firing on these machines to, like, provide a bit of cover for yeah. himself or like distraction for X 49. Um, that's what I thought too, but it, it also could have just been like, Ooh, now it's like a fun wacky carnival of machine parts flying around all over yeah. the place. It's just a little weird. I think it was a little strange. Um, but yeah, he's, he's looking for Jack. Can't find him anywhere. Um, he walks backwards with his guns held high in front of him as, like, sparks fly from the machinery. Yeah, that's kicked on to life all around him. Um, And it's kind of fun. Like, the camera is panning, like, slowly backwards as he's walking slowly backwards. Um, And we can see the way that it's situated. It's pulled out where, like, we're looking through, like, the hollow center of some of the machinery of of X-49 walking down a corridor. Um, But between, like, the, the hollow machinery, we get to see... Uh, the silhouette of Jack's face just sitting completely still and silent in the shadows, like beneath this this machinery, like w- letting X-49 quietly pass him by. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Jack is pretty uh, 
cool and like stealthy and badass in this in this scene like without even even like having to like appear at all yeah he's uh he's a wily one and we don't like you just said we don't really get to see him until later no hardly at all it's it's <laughs> it's like jack is like batman from like the arkham series <laughs> yeah. and and like x49 is the goons like trying to rob the bank yeah yeah he 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 walks around looking for jack um jack makes a run for it and x49 turns around and starts firing um at jack's shadow that's being cast on the wall rather than the actual direction that the shadow is coming from because he's a stupid weird. he's a stu- stupid fucking robot yeah idiot. i thought that was really weird i thought that was strange too like i, I don't know learn how science works you're <laughs> all you're made of science you don't understand dude. how casting shadows happens robots i mean we to be fair robots don't cast shadows so he might not oh, have that's understood. true yeah that's right yeah. I, for, I forgot about that yeah i mean if the bible taught us anything <laughs> Uh, his empty magazines fall out of his guns and then these little appendages pop out from his sleeves to reload his guns, which I I think is kind of fun. Yeah, I thought that was very funny. (laughs) It's a fun little touch. It makes you wonder like how many of those he's got tucked away up of his robot sleeves. Maybe that's why he put the suit on is it's full of magazines that get full of them. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing is lined with them. Um, Jack's shadow continues to appear uh, as he runs through the factory. Uh, X-49 frantically fires his guns at him every chance that he can um, and chases Jack into a corner of the factory that's like surrounded by pipes. Yep. Uh, And he fires a few times into the pipes, which releases some steam into the room. Um. Jack continues to evade him, but X-49 can, like, hear him running around and, yeah, unloads his guns into, like, every single corner of this room, like, hitting all of the pipes all around and, and, like, completely filling the room with steam from these damaged pipes. So there's, like, no visibility now that he's, like, let out this giant attack. Yeah, not that he was any good at seeing anything anyway. No, and and... I'm not sure if it matters for his robot senses. You know, yeah. he might be able to sent. He's I, I'll, although his robot senses kind of seem like they're shit. Like they're he's not suck, able yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's not as skilled of a fighter as we thought he'd be. You know what? Maybe the Aku Destroyer Beetle drones were kind of like the <laughs> superior. Maybe yeah. robot. I don't know. We might have been giving them too much shit. Um, yeah, his, the room is filled with steam. His guns start to sweat. And so does his big metal face. Um, and X-49 takes a few steps through the, yeah, now just like completely foggy room that's like impossible to see through. Uh, and he stops dead in his tracks and the camera focuses on his face and the shape of a man appears behind his shoulder through the steamy clouds in the room. Standing completely motionless, which you already would know is not something that Samurai Jack would do, would just be to like totally blow his cover and like stand there waiting for the robot. Yeah, not when it has guns. He would do it if it was like fighting him with a sword, though. That's true. He would be, yeah, not afraid to sort of stand his ground and and take that fight head on. Stand and wait for his opening. Yeah. Um, 
but the the shape appears behind X-49 and he swings around slowly. There's a very dramatic shot of him raising his gun and pointing it down at this figure on the other end of the room. And he lets out a single shot and that that figure through the steam collapses to the ground. And X-49 walks up to his victim and the camera slowly pans down to the ground to reveal what it was that he really took down, which was not Samurai Jack. Nope. But instead was another X-model robot that happened to be in this factory. Yeah, kind of fucked up. Yeah, he, you know, taken out one of his own. Um, and we know he already has emotions, so like we can only imagine how that made him feel. <laughs> Devastating, yeah. Probably, yeah. Um, yeah, he, he takes out this other robot, and uh, X-49 realizes he's been he's been tricked and he looks up with narrowed robo eyes and directly behind him samurai jack's actual shadow appears which again is very batman mm-hmm. uh, and his uh, x-49's eyes go wide as we hear the sound of jack's sword clashing against his robotic body and uh his head starts to like spark with electricity uh and it's cool because Jack's shadow behind him never actually moves as mm-hmm. he delivers this blow. Yeah. I think it's kind of cool. It looks a little weird, I think, but it, it works for the for what they're trying to do here. You know, he's yeah, he's being the silent assassin in this. And it does look a little odd, but it's yeah, still very cool. Um, but he's defeated X-49 who collapses to the ground and the steam in the room dissipates and then we see Jack, we see actually Jack for the first time in mm-hmm. this episode. Um, and he sheathes his sword and starts to walk away. Uh, and somewhere in the distance, the sound of a barking dog rings out. <laughs> One final time, reminding us of who really mattered all along. Yep. <laughs> X-49 Let's out his dying words. Lulu, take care of Lulu. Jack doesn't know who Lulu is, but <laughs> no. seems to feel some sort of responsibility for, yeah, this person that he doesn't know. Probably knows it could be, yeah, like another deadly robot. Yeah. Yeah. He makes a face like he he's like, oh, f- I fucked up on this one, I think. As, yeah, I mean, as we all know, like leaving Lulu's fate like very uncertain, like what's going to happen. So like we feel bad about it, but like Jack, Jack shouldn't. No, he is, he doesn't know who Lulu is. This robot just tried to kill him. This doesn't mean anything to me. Lulu could be like what uh, X forty nine calls like his trumpet. Like make sure you take care of my trumpet real good. <laughs> Oil the pipes. I don't know anything about trumpets. <laughs> No, that's right. You were you were there. Oil the pipes. You got to take care of it. You know, oil those pipes mm-hmm. every now and then, at least like once every two weeks. Yeah. Every trumpet player knows that. <laughs> um, yeah. Take care of Lulu. He says to Jack and, and it cuts one last time to a shot of that picture of Lulu sitting on the car seat just outside. And the synthy jazz music cuts back in. One more time, and for the very last time, X-49 says, Sweet thing, 
And then the episode ends. Oh, man. Tragic. Brendan, I I should mention to you that uh, this episode of Samurai Jack, Tale of X-49, is considered to be one of the greatest episodes in Samurai Jack history. I the community. Yeah, no, I don't think that's unwarranted. It's a it is a very good episode. I liked it a lot. I feel the exact same way. This was is it's kind of a nice pick me up from like a couple episodes recently where like we might not have. I mean, it's been it's it's been like some ups and downs as we've gotten later on in in season four. But like this was definitely like a a high point mm. um, for the season, certainly. And and yeah, I can it the reputation it it's gained over the years, I think, is definitely warranted. Yeah, uh, visually it was really good. The music was really good. Uh, the character of X-49 I thought was a fun play on like the hard-boiled detective kind of noir character. Uh, Lulu was okay. Yeah. I could take her a lever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I have the same exact thoughts. Uh, kind of the style that they went with, you know, they, they wanted to very much put it in that film noir mode. And like, I think they nailed it from top to bottom, like visually. Yeah. The, the music, like the storytelling, um, pretty much everything fit that theme in, in maybe like a better way than any other like themed episode. I, it's definitely like one of the episodes where like the whole, the whole thing was styled around like a specific theme, like something like Mondo bot and robo samurai or whatever (laughs) order those were presented in. Uh, like I, I feel like they they kind of nailed this like better than and than I think a yeah. lot of other things they've tried to do in the past. Yeah, I would agree with that. And yeah, just like just like you said, X forty nine himself is like a really really great character. Um, it is fun. Yeah, like playing on those tropes of the noir detective, but like spinning it in the Samurai Jack style, where like it is a robot. Yeah, and like has robot characteristics that even itself like acknowledges that like, uh, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be feeling this way for being a robot. How, how, how silly of me. How weird. Um, I do. I also really like the way that they, they made you feel for the character. And during that final, like confrontation, like the, the whole cat and mouse game, it almost feels like Jack is presented as like the villain of the, uh, of the scene. Like, cause you know that Jack is going to win. You know this robot's gonna die, and you spent half the episode like learning about him and like who he is, and he loves his dog and he loves music and he's just a a regular old guy. Uh, so you kind of it, it's got this tension to it when he's chasing Jack around the factory that I think uh, you wouldn't have got without like the entire way they did this. Yeah, a tension of where, like, we don't want this character to die, but know that he has to. Yeah, yeah. It is funny. Yeah. Him made out to be, like, we, we, we like, latch onto this character because of, like, his very human traits that, like, got instilled in him by, like, the mad scientist. But, mm-hmm. like, he, he is, yeah, like, a very, very human character, uh, but also, like is maybe like the definition of like anti-hero because also we spend so much time with him, like killing actual, like innocent yeah. people that are standing up to the evil forces in this world. Yeah, that is true. That never gets addressed. Nope. Nope. Well, he gets, he gets his comeuppance. That's true. He did finally get his from big bad Jack mm-hmm. right at the end of the episode. Um, But yeah, a, 
a really good character, um, a really good episode. Yeah, this was, it's, it's like, like I already said, like, I can see why this one has stuck with people for as long as it did, although I can't understand why people refer to this character as X-9 instead of X-49. Like uh, if, I don't know. This is such a beloved episode. You'd think that people would get it right. They would have figured it out by now. Somebody would have been like, hey, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been long enough to this point, but um, I will we'll, we'll see if that gets corrected in the future. Uh, Tale of X-49... That was Brendan, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big thumbs up across the board from us. It's oh, yeah. Defi- definitely, definitely a high point, I think, of this season that we've had so far. Certainly, yeah. And with that, you know, we 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 only have two episodes left of this season and of the original run of Samurai Jack, which is like insane to think about that. Like, yeah, we've, it's wild. We've gone this far and yeah, we're, we're almost towards the end of kind of what the show was for as long as it was. Um, and and. It's it's a big bright future that we've got to look forward to. You know what what they've finally decided to do to do when they came back after all these years later. Um, I'm really I'm. This episode was like I, I remember it being like one of the great ones, and like I was really looking forward to seeing it, and like it was one of those things that I was looking forward to. Uh, whereas now, like the only thing I think I'm looking forward to is <laughs> finishing up. What Samurai Jack is with you, where you where you don't know. Yeah, I'm very excited to get into the the new the new stuff. But I'm I don't remember the last few episodes of this. So I I I would be lying if I said I wasn't excited to watch the season finale of this season because it's like unbelievable that this was the final episode of Samurai mm. Jack for as long as it was. It's I think it's really going to blow your mind. I yeah, like I, I mentioned to you earlier, I don't think it was on the recording, but I watched this one on HBO, which I normally don't do. I have the the Blu-ray box set, so I always watch it there. But uh, this time I didn't, and I did see the title, not the title card, but the screenshot that they used for the final one, and I have no idea what it is. Oh man! <laughs> but <laughs> I I saw a thing, and I was like, oh, what are we doing here? What's what's gonna happen? Uh, so I'm kind of looking forward to it. Uh, I will say no more words other than uh, <laughs> Brendan prepared yourself. Um, okay, that was episode fifty. Uh, no emails this week. Sorry to say, Brendan, no song. God damn it! I know. We'll get it back for you. You'll you'll be able to sing it real soon. I hope so. Sure. <laughs> uh, Got to recap at gmail dot com is the email address if anyone wants to reach out to us with thoughts about Samurai Jack. Uh, Cartoon Network, this podcast, uh, sort of anything you want to send our way, we'd be more than happy to read those on the show. And another thing, uh, you know, with this being, you know, the third to last, second, third to last, third to last episode of the season, I had to think about it for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the uh, that that does mean that you know we will be doing our season-ending uh, ranking of the episodes. Very soon, you know, and just in in three more weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that in mind, you know, if you have any thoughts on the episodes of this season, you know, which ones were your favorite, uh, which ones were your least favorite thoughts on the season as a whole, um, definitely be sure to send those our way that that is that is one of our our favorite things to do on those recap shows is kind of see where uh, our community's uh, thoughts on the season line up or differ from ours. So so please, you know, if you have any of those thoughts you want to send our way, uh, 
gotterecap at gmail.com and, and we would be thrilled to uh, include those in, in that episode that is coming up very soon. Absolutely. Uh, at gotterecap on social media, join in the conversation with us there. Uh, head to Apple Podcasts and Spotify, drop us a five-star review of the show. Uh, we thank you in advance for doing that. Thank you in advance for doing that. Thank you. Brendan, it's, you know, it's tough out here in these <coughs> these streets. I'm always thinking, what's my next move going to be? Am I going to keep trying to drag this episode out? Am I going to shut it down and we'll we'll move on to the next episode i ah uh, it's crazy world of ours i'm trying to do like a monologue thing i'm not really yeah yeah I'm, I'm i was gonna let you do it <laughs> do you want to try to bust out like your detective monologue let's do a yeah do a little role play for me there my boy oh my god i'm not prepared for this go ahead neither was i and i tried <laughs> uh it's, <laughs> it's been a long play, road trumpet. with samurai jack seen some shit and now we gotta <laughs> put it to rest for Lulu sweet thing sweet thing <laughs> you might wonder how a couple podcasters like us ended up in this situation well it's a long story but I've got the time <laughs> uh, we don't have the time but perhaps we will, we, will, we will make time for that on a future episode uh, speaking of future episodes Episode 51 next week coming up. Hell yeah. L-I in Roman numerals. Just ask the NFL about it. They'll be more than happy to tell you. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, we'll see everyone for that episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.